How you doing, Kevin? Not bad, not bad. We're at the steakhouse tonight. Oh, and uh, they don't even put prices on their menu anymore. In Wells? Yeah. Nice. Yep. What are you up to? Uh, nothing much. Got a little bit of sleep before we record. So hopefully this goes smoothly. Yeah, and we're see. gonna we're gonna jump into a fat fuck segment. Because I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. Come on. couple of things to note I wanted to talk about. I don't know when this is coming out or if it's going to come out. This was taste tested back in October. Taco Bell. Um, I know you're big on burrito tacos. I think you tried them yes. once before. Um, I tried them a few times, but yeah. Um, they're basically tacos. They're grilled and they're dipped in a sauce, like a burrito sauce. I don't know exactly know what it is. It's like yeah, some cook, sort of a... You cook the uh, beef in the stew, basically. Yes. And then you dip the taco shell in the stew broth. Um, then you put it on a flat top grill and you grill it with the meat inside. And mm. then you serve it with the side of the au jus. Yeah, it's it's like, like an au jus. French dip for tacos. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, big in Mexican restaurants. Not 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 too many around here have it. Um, no, there's not. Uh, ta- I think, I think uh, taco trucks. Like once every month. Taco food trucks have it, or food trucks yeah. in general. They do stuff like that. But Taco Bell did taste test them in October. Haven't heard anything about it, but they called it a grilled cheese dipping taco or a quesadilla. I think that was what they called it, uh, dipping taco. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the reason why it hasn't moved nationwide is because Taco Bell is usually for fast eating, not really dipping, as far as far as tacos and stuff is concerned. Kind of be hard to do in a car without making yeah. a huge mess. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Especially the uh, one in Portsmouth isn't even dine in anymore. Yeah. I think yeah. it's only takeout. Yeah. And the one over here is too, the KFC Taco Bell combo. But uh, yeah, I'd like to try them if they do go na- go, na- go, na- go nationwide. I'm not sure if they will or not. Um, I'd like to try them in general. Um, I know that place over here had them limited time. Earl's Steaks, Steak and Cheese, you had them. Um, yep. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to try an authentic one somewhere. Maybe a food truck if we ever run into one, which... Aren't, aren't, there's a few there's a few parks that have like food truck parks around here, but I don't know if they have that type of meal or not. But let's try it. Ben and Jerry's coming out with a new flavor: Sunny Honey Home, uh, creamy lemon flavor ice cream with honey caramel swirls and lemon flavored cookies. Yeah. I like I like lemon flavored things. I like lemon I like, cookies. I like lemon meringue. I, really I like lemon, lemon meringue. Cookies. Um. But yeah, they're, I, I, I like Ben & Jerry's too, some flavors. Um, my favorite Ben & Jerry's flavor of all time is Magic Brownies, which is very... It was so, so long ago, and I think it was a... I think it was a uh, promotion with Dave Matthews' band back in the 90s. It came back about a decade ago, uh, first time I ever had it. Um, it's a black raspberry ice cream with uh, brownie chunks. It was really good. Um, but yeah, it was a limited time thing that they had at the time, and I haven't seen it since, so... Once they, once they have flavors, they put them in what they call their graveyard. If you ever go to the Ben & Cherries in Vermont, they have a graveyard of all the flavors they discontinued. Um, and that's that's in there, unfortunately, so I don't know if we'll ever see it again. But Have you ever been to that Ben & Jerry's? I haven't. Have you? Yes, many times. Yeah. My sister went to college at Boston okay. State, uh, which is in Vermont. So when I was, I mean, I was in like 
first grade probably, maybe. Okay. Second, third. So I was really young. So we went nice. there a couple times. Yeah, no, never been there. That would have, have been cool, but no, never been there. Um, but I did try an ice cream product today. Uh, talking about it quite a bit lately. The Grimace Birthday at McDonald's. Big, huge promotion they're pulling off right now. And this Grimace shake, this purple shake with a mixed berry flavor. Um, you have to order a meal to get it. You can't buy this shake separately. Um, so you have to get the meal, which comes with a fry, a Big Mac, or a 10-piece Chicken McNugget, and the shake. Um, this shake was the most disgusting thing I've ever tried in my whole entire life. Really? It was that it bad? Was, it was pretty are, fucking... Are you giving was, the Grimace shake a Grimace? I am giving the Grimace shake a Grimace. It is. It was really bad. I, I took three or four sips of it, and I emptied it down the sink. That's how bad it was. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and it was a large one, so it was, it was a good. I mean, I paid a lot, a lot of money for it too. So, just to get a shake, um, it was not worth the money. Should've not worth the time. They should have, they should have just done a vanilla shake with food coloring. It would have been perfectly yeah. fine. They didn't need to flavor it, and it would have been perfectly fine. And they would have, they would have gotten away with it. But the flavor is just disgusting. It's a limited time, so you won't see it for too much longer anyway. But. We talk about Grimace quite a bit on the show, so I figured I'd taste test it today, and it went pretty much the way I expected it to. The Grimace shake got a Grimace, so. <laughs> um, so, what we watched this week. Didn't watch a lot, but we did watch some pretty big things. Um, last night, we watched The Flash. Yes, we did. Quick reactions, a couple words, maybe a sentence reactions to the film. Lots of animation. Lots of... Hmm. Humor. And Ezra Miller has redeemed himself. I will say that. Themselves. And we'll get... Themselves. Himself, themselves, she self. They have redeemed themselves. They... That, that sentence doesn't even make sense. You know what? I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> My uh, quick reaction: Who the fuck are you? I love that line. <laughs> I didn't even put that in the notes. Remind me not to forget that. Um, <laughs> it's like the pre-post credits. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about it at the end with the spoilers. We're gonna get into it pretty thoroughly, I think. Uh, did write some notes today, so um, <clears throat> listen to a couple podcasts. I wanted to mention Fly in the Wall podcast with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Had Jason Sudeikis on a couple weeks ago. Um, they were talking about Ted Lasso, of course. Uh, it was the end of Ted Lasso. It was before the finale aired, so they didn't know how it was going to end. And they just had four episodes left at the time when they were recording. Um, very down-to-earth guy. You can get it from the show. You can get it from a lot of the... If you ever hear him in interviews, you can see you can hear yep. him being a very down-to-earth guy. Um, talked a lot about Ted Lasso. Talked about it being the end of his run on Ted Lasso. It was always meant to be a three-season story for him. Um, and he also talked about the characters could have possi the possibility of moving on. So we are, it's all stuff we already knew, but it was a really cool interview with him. Um, he's a very funny guy. I mean, he's on Saturday Night Live for a very long time. Uh, great character, creator, creating, creative actor on Saturday Night Live. So good, good to hear stories about Saturday Night Live. I like that podcast. Uh, second podcast that I know you listen to. I listen to yes. it as well. James Gunn on Michael Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum's podcast. Michael Rosenbaum was Lex Luthor in Smallville. Uh, he has a podcast now. And James Gunn is his friend. Been, been friends for 
probably yep, 20 years in, or so. He was in PG porn. Yeah, he's, he's in PG. Yeah, he was in that. Thing. He's also been he's also been in the Guardians movies. But James Gunn was on there for about an hour long interview, talking about everything from Guardians, the release, getting fired, getting hired at DC, being rehired at Disney to finish Guardians three. Um, talked a lot about his geek loves. Talked very passionately about that. And like you mentioned to me in our text thread, um, when he talks passionately about geek stuff, you just feel you just feel yeah. it. His enthusiasm is contagious. Yep. Very, very contagious. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. Like, and after I listened to that shit, I wanted to go go read like four more comics. Yeah, <laughs> and and you really get the sense that the guy's down to earth. Very, yeah. very. Everybody likes him for a reason. Um, and uh, yeah, I I can't wait to see where the DC universe goes from here. Um, especially after this movie and a lot of questions that we a lot more questions after the movie than I thought we would have going in. Um. So we will we'll talk about that at the end, but um, yes. yep. So last week you reviewed Blackberry and yes. told me to watch and it. I started watching did. it and I finished it. Awesome. And uh, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, Jay Burr Show, um, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. The two main stars of the movie. A whole bunch of other actors are in it too. Some some recognizable and other like. B-list, C-list, yeah. D-list. A lot stars. of guys that you like see, you're like, I know that guy, I just have yep. no idea what his name is, or I've just seen him and stuff. Yeah, and it's a Canadian-produced project, so there's a lot of Canadian actors as well. Set in Toronto. Um, 1996, the film starts off. You see the building of the Blackberry from the concept to this little prototype that he builds out of calculators and stuff he gets at Radio Shack. Yep. Um, and then you Almost see... Almost like a Game Boy. Right? Yeah, yeah, like a Game Boy. Um, and then you see two... You see three different time periods after this. You see uh, where the Palm Pilot is huge in the nineties. Yep. Um, I think it was nineteen ninety eight. They, they they go they go further in the timeline, and Palm tries to buy BlackBerry. Actually, tries to do a hostile takeover of the BlackBerry yep. um, by buying their stock. Yep, and Glenn, which I can't remember his name in the movie, does a lot of shady shit. Sells stocks illegally. Or give stocks away illegally to hire people from Google and different places, big high ups in these companies to come into BlackBerry. And he's also trying to sell product, more product, to make the BlackBerry stock higher in price. So the Palm deal gets screwed over and it didn't end up getting screwed over and Palm lost out on the deal. And BlackBerry obviously won in that case because Palm Pilot was nothing after the 90s. Blackberries lasted until the 2000s. Where the, where the timeline goes further into 2003, um, you see the Blackberry in its infancy. The network shut down because there's so many people on the Blackberry trying to get all that information into that one network. Kind of screwed everything up, especially all the fuckery that was going on behind the scenes. Yep. Um, and also you see them selling to the elite, going to tennis clubs, going to these expensive restaurants and selling to elite and businessmen on the go this blackberry machine that they could do they do their emails on while they're eating while they're working and still still be involved with work in their everyday life um so that was 2003 and then it jumps to the best part of the movie 2007 when the iphone comes out and seeing how they react to the press conference that steve jobs has with the iphone and how the iphone changes their business model and puts a panic on them especially when the SEC is on their tail as well 
Doug ends up leaving. Doug is the you talked about it last week. Was the director of the movie? He came in for this uh, to to play this kind of like a hippie, gaming, uh, nerd, geek, you know, nope. whatever you want to call it. Who was a co-creator of BlackBerry, but he always worked in the basement. I would say um, he ends up leaving the company, gets stock options. I think I think it was stock options, right? And he, he ended up making like a bandit. Yeah, um, he's one of the richest people in the world right now. Yeah. And, he doesn't do any press. He doesn't talk to anyone. He basically just lives anonymously. He didn't want anything to do with the movie, so they had to do yep. creative, diff, creative liberties yeah. with whatever they His did with the character. Completely different in real life and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the NFL fall through. I don't. You said it may NHL. not be true. The the NHL. Yeah, I'm NHL. not sure. I didn't look into it. Um, but the, the whole Glenn Glenn character was trying to buy an NFL team, and because he was such an asshole in real life. I want to know if this story is true or not because no, he the wasn't NFL, an asshole in real life. In the, the NHL an asshole. Okay, he was actually very liked in real life. Because the NHL kicked him out pretty much yeah. in, in this, the way the story. Because he wanted to move the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguin, Penguins to Toronto. He even he, he even tried to get a. He was bragging um, about it before he even pitched yeah, the idea. Yeah, he's bragging to everyone about it before the idea was finalized through the NHL. So. Um, and then the the iPhone takeover, changing the cellular landscape. It was great to see that in this movie. Um, selling data over minutes. Because if you remember when we first had cell phones, we were paying for what we pay for now for cell phones, maybe even more for very limited amount of minutes. And we didn't have unlimited yeah. minutes. Um, we had, I think, nights and weekends. So it, got, it got to be nights and weekends later on. But um, we were paying for minutes, like 400 minutes a month or something. We had to yeah. we had to limit how we were talking on our phones back when we had Nokias and shit. But um, that changed with the iPhone. iPhone started going unlimited, and um, yeah, and it's just the the data and the way that they changed the cellular landscape to be able to handle the data rather than what Net, what BlackBerry was doing with the emails and, and they they were doing it through a cellular cellular. Uh, Cellular way. I don't. Know, I don't really understand the mechanics of it. But um, anyway, great fucking movie. I like. I like the connection with the iPhone at the end. I, I love this movie. Um, if I were to give it a score, probably four out of five. It, it was really yeah. good. Um, not something I would watch a lot, but mm. just just it was just a good movie. Very very like, good. Like the Social Network to me is a very rewatchable film. Yes. I don't think this had that factor going for it. Um, but yeah, very enjoyable. And it's an interesting story. It's a little satire. Um, Definitely good. The guy they played, Doug, I mentioned last week, is the director of the film also. Yeah. Um, I thought you did a pretty good job directing it. You kind of felt like you were in the room with them at all times, which I like in a documentary. So, yeah, definitely recommend. What did you give it for a score last week? I forgot to write it. I think a four. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. So, what else did we watch? Well, we're continuing our watch of Indiana Jones. The final of the what was supposed to be a trilogy in the 80s. Indiana Jones and... The Last Crusade. This uh, this movie again uses John Williams to precise, great effect. Um, we're going to talk about him a lot more in a couple of weeks when we do a John Williams retrospective when we talk about Indy 4 or 5. Um, but Last Crusade, like I mentioned, came out in 1989. It was definitely a return to form. Uh, the antiquities being the center of the story, being lighthearted. 
They saw what happened in Temple of Dune and the reaction, and Spielberg and Lucas decided to make a lighthearted movie, finally bringing it back to what made Raiders a classic film in 1981. Um, due to Spielberg's commitment to the film, uh, he had to drop out of directing Big and Rain Man, which would have been two very different that movies, been, I think, yeah. if he had directed it. Who did Big? Um, was that Columbus? Or was that I, Hughes? Uh, yeah, I think it was John Hughes. Um, and, okay. and Rain Man, I don't know who directed Rain Man, but of course it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, with Spielberg directing, it would have been way different. Yeah. Um, movie was set in Utah in 1982, 1982, 1912. Um, a young Indiana Jones, played by River Phoenix, who died not too long after this, I think a couple of years after this, of a yep. drug overdose. Of course, his brother is Joaquin. Um, but River Phoenix plays a young Indiana Jones who is in the Boy Scouts. A lot of this movie in the prologue in 1912 was based off of the lives of all the creators and all the yep. uh, and the actors of the movie. Um, yep. The circus train, which we saw in the Fablemans last year, yep. is based off which of Spielberg. I wouldn't have even thought of or known had I not seen Fablemans. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, the whole entire circus train chase in the beginning was based off of that. Um, his fear of snakes and the fedora was shown in this, um, showing how he got that. And the whip and the chin scar, kind of reminiscent of Harrison Ford had a scar on his chin as well from a car accident that he was in. Um, so they put that in the movie as well. And Lucas's dog, Indiana, being named the namesake of Indiana Jones was also kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, little moment in the beginning of the movie where he gets his nickname. Because um, you find out also that Indiana Jones' real name is Henry, just like his father. Um, the movie is basically jumps right up to 1938, at the infancy of World War II. The Nazis are just in starting to invade the rest of the rest of Europe and all around. Um, and the movie is about the search of the Holy Grail. Um, and the Lost King Arthur expedition. I know this is based off of true stuff that happened, or. However you want lore. to believe. Lore. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I know the King Arthur stuff is kind of true, but the the Holy Grail, you take that with a grain of salt, however, whatever your religious background is. But, um, but yeah, that's what the whole movie's about. They're trying to find this Holy Grail, which when you take a sip of it, gives the user or the drinker of the Holy Grail um, kind of like a fountain of youth. You kind of get, um, get more time on Earth. You get more time to live. Um, Indiana's father um, is brought up in this movie, and he's and he's played by Sean Connery. Ten years out from I think the last Bond movie, which was not the Broccoli films, it's the one. What's that one that uh, the Bond film that came out in the early '80s that he came uh, back never for? Never never again. Yes, that was his last one. I think it came out in the early '80s. So this yeah. is him coming back a decade later, and this is also around the time of The Untouchables. So he's pretty big in Hollywood still at the time. Coming back to play Indy's father, does a great job playing Indy's father. The interactions between him and Junior, as he calls him through the movie, and Indiana hates it, um, is great. It's it's played out tremendously. The, their their interactions, their chemistry together is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and the story the story stretches very very long distances. Starts a journey in Venice, Italy, travels through Germany. And back into the Middle East for more religious expedition like the first movie. Um, you see the return of Marcus Brody and John Ray Davies as Sala. Um, Indy's father is captured. 
And you see the return of the Nazis in World War II this time, in the beginning of World War II. Um, you see a motorcycle and sidecar chase scene. You get the reference to in, uh, Captain America 25 years later when it came out. They did this, they did almost the same exact type of chase scene in that. And um, the last, was it, yeah, the last Jurassic World had similar stuff. Yep. Like, this has been copied ever since yep. to death. Yeah, these movies are the blueprint to every action-adventure movie that came out in the 90s, 2000s. And even now, you see a lot of the influence. Um, and then you go to Berlin. You go to Germany, and he runs into Adolf Hitler. He gets his autograph in, in his father's journal. Great, funny, tongue-in-cheek scene. Because um, Spielberg is notoriously a Jew. And it's just one, it's just one of those things like... It's just kind of like when you see the comic book of Captain America punching Hitler. It's just one of those things of the Jews taking it back. Yep. Um, you see a German Zeppelin right around the time of the Hindenburg. Maybe, maybe right around that time. I don't know. Hindenburg was in America, of course. Um, but you see him going on a German Zeppelin. You see a Nazi air fight, which is, of course is reminiscent of Star Wars. and it, To the point where... A lot of the fighter pilot noise and sound effects are the same sound effects you hear in X-Wing fighters in Star Wars. Yep. You notice that in this as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you see another group. They're kind of a cult of ancient protectors of the, of the Holy Grail, um, protecting the legacy of the Knights of, the, the Knights of Templar. Um, he, ends up saving, he ends up saving his father, Indiana Jones, um, and they go through a tri he goes through the trials to get into the temp to get into this underground temple in the Middle East to find the Holy Grail, where he runs into the last Knights Templar, who is very, very, very old, probably a thousand years old, and he has to try to find the real Holy Grail. Um, and of course, they think it's the most shiny, the most beautiful, the most ex exquisite thing in there's a whole bunch of cups laying on a table but it's not they take a sip of it there's a there's a ilm shot of the guy turning getting older instead of getting younger and he starts to turn into a skeleton and to the point where he turns into a powder and just evaporates um and andy realizes that the holy grail wouldn't be something extravagant because it was drunk by jesus christ so it's the 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 most random uh, worn down, almost made out of wood cup that you could find in there, and drinks the whole drinks out of the Holy Grail and the, the Holy Water, and he finds the Holy Grail. Can't take it out of there, so it's kind of a what, what's the, what's the what's the deal? What, what, I guess it's just for just to have sort of a recognition that they found it, I guess. But um, overall, I like this movie a lot. Probably, yes. if I if I were to just rate the first three movies at this point be Raiders this and Temple of Doom would be way way to the back because <laughs> yeah. they're they're just totally different movies compared to Temple yeah. of Doom and it was on a 50, 48 million dollar budget made 474 million dollars in the worldwide box office making it the highest grossing movie of 1989 which also had the Batman movie and Ghostbusters yeah. 2 which were huge so Beat yeah, those two out. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Huge movie. Huge movie year. 1989. Great movie. And they didn't come back to the franchise for another 18 years until 2007. Next week when we talk about Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Which 
I can't wait to watch again because I like <laughs> that movie a lot in the theater. I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times at home too, and I liked it at home. But it had one of the most controversial endings of any Indiana Jones thing, and even even worse so than Temple of Doom. And I don't understand it because I like that movie so much. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it next week, and we're gonna review it properly and get into it. What, so uh, that's, what's your pineapple score on this one? Oh, what did I give Indian? What did I give? Did I give four and a half? You gave to, four and a half. Yeah, I gave yeah, it five. You gave it four and a half. Yeah, this is probably right up there. Same for me. Um, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be the same because I don't think it's a four. It's. I like this movie. I would watch. I would watch this in Raiders. Yeah. Multiple times, and I have watched yeah. it multiple times. So. Growing up, this was my favorite one. It was around the same time I started watching uh, Connery and Bond movies. Um, but Raiders is the better film. I'll give this yeah. a four and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. Like if I gave Raiders a four and a half, I got to give this a four and a half too, just because it's a great fucking movie. Um, yeah, and I just I just like Connery in this. this. I saw this before I saw any Bond movies with Connery. This is the first yeah, you didn't thing I ever Bond think. Yeah, a few years ago. Yep. So this is the first thing I think I maybe even saw Connery in. Like I said, I didn't watch these until 2004 when it came out on DVD. So I I didn't watch these. They weren't my childhood. This was later in life after we'd already graduated high school. So, um, so yeah, great movies, and we'll get into Temple. We'll get into uh, Crystal Skulls next week with Shia LaBeouf as Mutt Mutt Jones. And so after all that, let's get into the news. Transformers Rise of the Beast won the box office last week with $16.5 million. Um, Spider-Verse wasn't too far behind. I think it was pretty close to that as well. Um, So still doing gangbusters. Um, I kind of want to see this movie, but i got to catch up on all the Transformers movies, and I know they get pretty bad after... They got bad the fucking first one. The first one's not even good. I actually liked the first one, but yeah, the second one was pretty bad. Um, third one was even worse. I think the second one was so. I saw it in a the theater. It was very, very long. The uh, the only three worth rewatching are, or Bumble. only two for me, anyways. Bumblebee and the 1986 cartoon, where he dies. Um, across the Spider Verse, already surpassed surpassed Spider Verse's uh, into the Spider Verse's box office total in just 12 days. It already took all. All the money that Spider Verse into the Spider Verse made and already did it in twelve days. Um, very successful movie, getting a lot of high praise for the animation style. The visuals are stunning. So we talked about it last week. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, so Marvel, lots of movement. We already knew this was going to happen because of the writer strike. Still no news on the writer strike. Still shit going on behind the scenes. We'll talk about it a little bit in a little a little later. Stuff getting. Pushed back and canceled, but or until at least the writer strike is over. But Deadpool, Avengers, and a whole bunch of other shit got moved. Um, Deadpool three though was the only one that actually moved up. It was supposed to come out on November eighth. It's coming out in less than a year, May third of next year. And I don't, th- I think they just started filming, so they must have high hopes for it. Which is also scary because remember when we talked about a couple weeks ago that Deadpool three may be able to do improv later on in post-production. There's not going to be much time for post-production if it comes out in less nope. than a year now. So that that may not be the case anymore, so they have to stick strict, strictly to the script. Um, that's a little scary. 
Um, maybe they have hopes of the writer strike not being as bad as they're saying it is. Um, and they must have a lot of faith in the in the um, post production and in, in the special effects not being yeah. too much of a ordeal to be able to put this out in less than a year because the movie just started production. I think in the last yep. couple of weeks. It's gonna be tricky. They're yeah, gonna it's be gonna a be time crunch. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved again or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but after like November, I think Echo comes out. This is the next project after Echo, unless there's a TV show that comes out in between. This is the next project that's that's listed after Echo. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but because that moved up to May third last year, next year, um, Captain America: Brave New World has moved to August twenty sixth, the end of a summer release, which I don't think Marvel's ever done. But August twenty sixth of twenty twenty four hasn't worked out well for DC yet either. So. Yeah, they're, yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna do Brave New World, which is currently filming at the at this moment. I think I don't think that got I don't think that got canceled yet or got pushed back because of the writer's strike. But um, Thunderbolts has also moved to December twentieth, twenty twenty four. Blade has moved to February fourteenth, twenty twenty five. Fantastic Four moved to I think which is a better date for May second of twenty twenty five. May yeah. is a good day. It's a they they crush beginning. May every time yep. they release in yep. May they crush it. And that movie has the potential of being a huge movie if they do it right. Yeah, we've always talked about that. And Kang Dynasty delayed an entire year, which is grateful. I'm grateful for that. From May second, twenty twenty five to May first, twenty twenty six. And same with Secret Wars also moved from that date to May seventh, twenty twenty seven. So the last movie of Phase six will be. Secret Wars on in 2027 in May. Um, that's a long ways away, but the timeline when we got Phase Three back long, long time ago with Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War, we had the same same amount, if not longer, of a time shift. So there's a lot to look forward to. I'm glad they stretched it out because it'll give them time not only for the writer strike, but to kind of fix the wrongs that happened with this too much stuff that came out in the last few years and quality over quantity that's the big yep. thing they need to work on so hopefully we get that um but marvel wasn't the only things that got fucked up avatar yeah. and star wars all got moved push dates avatar 3 moves to december 19th 2025 four years later avatar 4 moves to Dece december 21st 2029 i don't see any of these dates after 2025 being real Especially Avatar Five on December nineteenth, twenty thirty one. That's yeah, the longest come out date. In the mid to late thirties. I think so too. I don't think these these dates are going to be final until James Cameron will be around to see it. How old is he now? Seventy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Just, he's that. the uh, George R. R. Martin of the fucking cinematics. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, he is film. He is filming everything back to back. So maybe you get yeah. the pre pre production stuff done. Yeah. And work on I a little bit of the post. Is Three's filmed. Yeah. Four is like more than halfway filmed. Yeah. Because they had to film it when all those kids were still young enough. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. And all the Star Wars movies that they announced last month or a couple months ago, um, all their dates moved as well. There's one coming out on December 19th, 2025. Um, one coming out May 22nd, 2026. And another one coming out the same year, December 18th, 2026. I don't see any of these dates keeping as well. I think they're just time placements for now. Wait. So, they're releasing Avatar 3 and a Star Wars movie on the same day? Yeah, I don't think this is right. I just realized that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think one of them was 2027. I think that, that okay. third one. 
But yeah, there are two coming out in 2026, though. May, May 22nd and December 18th. Yep. There's going to be two Star Wars movies. I don't think that's going to happen as well. Definitely not, and it shouldn't. But, yeah, and like, we've, like you've mentioned before, like I've talked about too, they need, especially Kathleen Kennedy, needs to stop putting dates on Star Wars movies until they even have yeah. a fucking script in hand. Um, yep. The, also, the other thing that I noticed was Alien movies shifting from streaming to a theatrical release as well. Oh, um, I, I believe it was supposed to come out on what Hulu or Disney Plus, one of those. Yeah, Hulu um, probably just like pray. Yeah, and uh, it's coming out to a theatrical release. I, I know they're trying to get away from the streaming thing that happened during the pandemic. Um, they're trying to get into a more theatrical release because they do they do make movies. So, like I mentioned, what movie did, did I watch that said, "Oh, this should have been a uh, this shouldn't have been a streamer." It's not recently. I talked about a streaming movie that just should have came out on um, you pray. No, it was, Pan, it was and, no, and Peter it was Pan. It was Peter Pan and Wendy. That's what it was. I, I couldn't believe that it. it was such a. It looked like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie that was just on just Disney Plus for free. And I think, oh, this should have been in the theater, but they didn't. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that doing that is not going to be happening too much after now. Pretty much, um, they're going to be going theatrical. Um, yeah, this is another problematic problematic actor. Um, we got Ezra Miller. We got Jonathan, what's his name? Majors. Uh, Majors. And we got Tanakh Hiretta from Wakanda Forever, who played Namor. Accused of sexual assault. Calls it untrue, of course. Trying to defend himself. Um, And yeah, some woman came out and talked about it. And and he's challenging it. So Apparently, she like used to be boyfriends with some guy and like the mafia or whatever they have down in Mexico, the cartel. And um, she had like acid thrown on her face by wow. them, which happens like a lot down there. That's a big thing. Um, yes. So interesting. I don't know if that makes her more reliable or not. That, I mean, she has nothing to gain or lose from outing someone like this. So I don't know what the deal is. Um, but at least for him, unlike John the Majors, he has nothing lined up. Yeah. Marvel wise. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just wish people wouldn't fuck up, because yeah. we went ten. We went ten years, and it's hard to realize how great the Marvel universe was in that ten years with, yep. with Iron Man to Endgame, and how there weren't really too many fuck ups besides the actors that we talked about last week of uh, Terrence Howard and Edward yeah, Norton. Yeah, he just left because he didn't get paid enough. But there wasn't any was there wasn't any controversial stuff like this, right. and everybody's the cancel culture thing is just ruining people's lives, mm-hmm. and they're also ruining themselves for fucking up. Um, Jonathan Majors from everything, everything that I've heard behind the scenes, not only for this one thing that's going in through the jail, but a lot of people came out of the woodwork in Broadway that worked with him, talking about how much of an asshole he is behind the scenes. Everybody just kind of came mm-hmm. out of the woodwork all at once. Um, to defend this girl, so I don't know. It's a mess, um, but I'm sure that they could pick up the pieces. It's Marvel. Also, rumored this week. Speaking of Marvel, multiple sources have claimed that Adam Driver and Margot Robbie may have had a dispute with Marvel and dropped out of Fantastic Four because of salary negotiations falling through. I haven't seen this in too many places, but I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, they're two big, huge A-list, A-list actors who don't really need this role. I always said that they should try to find unknowns for these two people anyway, uh, for, for Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman, Sue Storm. <coughs> um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at what Marvel did in the first phase. They hired somebody who was basically a nobody. He went yeah. from being an A-list actor to a nobody, and they brought him back. So he didn't cost much money. I mean, you can't pay these people in the first movie that much. I mean, that's why Chadwick Boseman was Boseman was only died with like two point six million dollars. Yeah. Because he didn't get that second payday. Yeah. And he, so yeah, I'd he rather them go with the unknown also. But yeah, we'll see. I haven't seen, t- seen too many official uh, sources on this, but um, I did see it lurking around on the internet, and we'll we'll see if this comes up again. But um, they're not too not too far away from filming that, so we'll see. Um, speaking of the speaking of uh, the writer strike, a little while ago, Born Again Daredevil production shut down once again this week, um, and they will not be coming back until the writer strike is over. Yep. So there will be a delay for that as well. Um, also, Deadpool three Domino Zazie Beetz told told a uh, reporter that she will not be involved in the sequel. I did like her in Deadpool two as Domino. I yeah. think she did a great She's job a great as Domino. Actress. Um, She's great. Kind of the un, the, the uh, lucky lucky luck power that she had was pretty cool. How she used to always avoid getting hit by trucks and cars and fires and explosions. Um, yeah, but she won't be in the sequel. Um, Tom Holland also talked a lot about his return to Marvel, meeting with Amy Pascal um, and Kevin Feige, trying to come up with an idea for the next uh, Spider-Man movie. He's promoting that new Crowded Room show that's on Apple TV, which I hear is getting mixed reviews. Um, but he's shared that they're trying to work out the details of the character. They found a great story to go on, but they can't go any further until after the writer strikes. So they're very they're looking forward to it. He's very positive about it. Um, it's the first time he's talked about it, so I'm I'm happy that he's involved. I'm happy that they're going forward with Marvel. It seems so. Amy Pascal also talked about the sh- that she's kind of casting kind of a doubt on Miles Morales coming to the MCU. However, they still are going to do a live action, which would suck. But I know Tom Holland has a little bit of pull, so he may be able to get him into the MCU because I know yep. he wants him there. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, John Romita Sr. created a lot of a lot of Spider-Man characters. He took over the character after Steve Ditko left in the 60s, created Mary Jane Watson, created, fuck, he created The Punisher, Luke Cage, um, off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think, a whole bunch of characters in the 70s, early 70s, a lot of Spider-Man characters, Um, you know his art from the 70s, very iconic art. Um, iconic covers of him, so he he did die this week. Um, his son is also a a, uh, a a creator over at Marvel at the time at, at this time as well, John Romitas Jr. So, R.I.P. to him. Um, Peacemaker. Speaking of that James Gunn interview that he did on Michael Rosenbaum, he did talk about Peacemaker season two, and he will begin working on it after Superman Legacy wraps. It's gonna be the next project that he does after that Peacemaker season two. I can't wait for that. I love John Cena in that role. It was a great yep. show. I had a lot of fun last year when we watched it. It was the very beginning of the podcast, so I can't wait to get back into that universe to see where John Cena goes from there. Um, I think at the time he's probably gonna be. Cl- How old is John Cena? Is he? Cl- he's not close to our age. He's probably five he's or six older. years he's old. Like- yeah, so he's gonna be almost fifty. He's gonna be almost fifty when this when this thing yep. comes out. Um, also asked about if Superman is gonna have trunks or not. Um, he's undecided at this point. Um, doing a lot of concept art, showing uh, both, and whatever version looks best is what they're gonna do. 
So that's uh yeah, I was I was wondering the same thing and he's also saying the most important aspects of the character go beyond the trunks and he's right about that. So um yeah. I have a lot of faith in what he does. Also, speaking of the speaking of the writer strike, the penguin also pausing uh production until after the writer strike is over as well. I know they had already paused it before, now they pause it again and this is going to be until the writer strike is over. Um, possibly SAG as well. I know the Directors Guild is already set yep. now. Um, SAG is coming up soon, so I think once I think once SAG and After go on strike, the deals in both that and the writer strike will be finalized within days if it happens. So because that would mean Hollywood would really be shut down because they couldn't have yep. any actors doing anything, and, and right now they're they're filming without director and without um, writers, writers, but they can't film without without actors. So, yep. So this concept art, we know we talked about um, Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård playing some sort of a character in the DC universe, and I saw concept art. I saw people talking about him playing Swamp Thing. Yep, I saw that. I think that would be great. I think that would be, be great casting. I think whoever uh, he plays is going to be great. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, a great, great actor. Great actor. Great actor. Um, and plus, he's he's used to doing horror, even though it's funny he hates horror movies. So I think he would fit right in with the darker Swamp Thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, Gotham Knights. Never watched it. I know it's in one of those new CW shows. Yep. Not not surprisingly, got canceled on the CW after one season. Yeah, They're trying to get rid of it. be that or uh, Superman and Lois. And Which? A lot of people thought Superman and Lois would be canceled because of the fact that uh, it's more expensive to make. But I just actually started watching it, and it's pretty fucking good. That's what I hear, like, too. Really and good. It, like, he is he is the type of Superman I want in James Gunn universe. As far as playing the Clark Kent and the right. Superman role, he is fantastic. I really like him a lot. And that's a more that's a more adult Superman. I think he has kids in the show. Yeah, he has kids it's, in it. They're, they're twins. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the show did get picked up for, for, for another season. Uh, ten episodes, but all the all the uh, cast, a lot of the uh, B list cast of that show, were given the halt, given the goodbye to the show. Um, what's her name from Entourage? She played um, Lana Lane in the show. She's gone. Yeah. Um, John uh, uh, Lois's father, the actor who played him, is gone. Um, so a lot of the supporting act characters. So, yeah, they're they're going on with the show. They just make sure the budget is as high as it was. Yeah, uh, Michael Cutlitz, who was in uh, The Walking Dead, who plays Lex Luthor, he's being a series yeah. regular. So they're doing a lot of movement on there. They're only doing ten episodes. I'd like to get into it as well. I hear that's really good, like you mentioned. So I'm going to try to do that as well. Um, talking a little bit about the Flash, um, Andy Machete. Um, has kind of been de defending the VFX of the movie, which we're going to get into a little bit later, but um, talking about the idea of the VX VFX, uh, we are all in the perspective of the Flash. Everything is distorted in terms of lights and textures. Kind of defending it, because everybody's saying it's very animated, very animation-like. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but he is defending it, so uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Also, last night, after we got out of the movie theater, um, we talked about it last week, and it was officially confirmed that he is going to be directing Batman Brave and the Bold at, at DC. Um, they like The Flash so much. Rightfully so. He did a great job directing this movie with the flaws that he kind of had to go in with. Yep. And uh, did a great job visually, even though it looked animated. Um, bringing this story to life, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But yeah, he's going to be directing uh, new Brave, Batman Brave and Bold with Batman and his son Damien playing Robin, his sidekick. So... That'll be cool. 
Um, also, him and his his uh, sister Barbara signed a first look deal with Mar with uh, Warner Brothers. So not only are, not only doing that, but they're gonna have a lot of production power over there too. So that'd be cool. They released a new poster for Blue Beetle. Um, I thought that we'd be, I thought we might see a new trailer yesterday, but we didn't. Um, we did see the old trailer, which still looks awesome on the big screen. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait for that movie a couple months away. Um, yep. Looks really good. We probably won't um, get another trailer until around CinemaCon, right? Yeah, Comic-Con, uh, Comic yep, a month from now. Um, be probably the next trailer. Also, during the flash red carpet, you see Ezra Miller for the very first time. Um, comes, out of, comes out of hiding. Um, talks to, I think, one person in the press line. Has a very positive he just, he just response. Made a yeah, and one person in the press line. Yep. Um, he he acknowledged uh, David Zazoff, um, talked a lot about James Gunn and how and, and, and talked a lot about how they uh, they had a lot of uh, care in the context of my life, in his life, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, I, I I think he did a great job in the movie. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah, he was um, Michael Shannon admits re reprising Zod in the Flash wasn't satisfying. Um, the Snyder group went crazy on this as well. Yes. Um, it's not quite the in-depth character study situation that I honestly felt yeah. Man of Steel was. Um, you kind of get that feeling from the movie yeah. as well when we saw yeah, it last well, once night. Yeah, once we talk about the movie, we'll be able to go into that yep. because, uh, we'll he's go into right. detail. I mean, he really wasn't in the movie much. So he yep. was only there for two and a half, whatever, weeks. And uh, I'm sure with Zach, he worked for six to eight months before they even started production on it. Yep. Um... So, The Rock. I talk a lot of shit about The Rock. I liked him as a wrestler. Not a big fan of him as an actor. I hate what he did with the DC Universe. Kind of taking it hostage. I'm glad they took it back. But he ruined... I think he ruined Henry Cavill's chance yeah. of ever doing and anything. He also... And Shazam. Can't forget and what Shazam. he did Shazam. He, he should, and yeah, I, I, I just think behind the scenes, he's fucked up a lot he of things. thought he had... He got too much pull. Yep. Um, but they did cancel, NBC canceled the Young Rock show after three seasons. I hear it's pretty good. Yeah, um, a lot of wrest wrestling nostalgia stuff if you like 80s and 90s wrestling. Um, and also talked about a $60 million loss in the first season of his iteration of the XFL, which he bought last year and restarted the franchise. Those things take years before they make any money. And this is the third time the XFL has tried to come back and the third yes. time that it's lost money. Yep. Well, I mean, the Kinda, second time was COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first time was notorious in the early two thousands yeah. with Vince McMahon. But um, speaking of WWE, being a wrestling, their TV rights negotiation window ended. Um, they are currently on USA Network. I know SmackDown is on Fox, so it's syndicated through local network. But they're trying to find good deals. Um, Disney and Amazon are expected to make a push for that. Um, I know USA are probably going to make a push for it as well. Peacock, they have the deal with the network as well. So they're probably going to be pushing yeah. as well. Um, so they're looking. They're negotiating. We'll see where this goes. Um, be interesting to see if WWE went on Disney. I could see it going on Amazon. I know everybody's looking for IP right now. Um, yep. I think the network has another year left on their deal, the WWE Network. Yep. I know it was a huge deal, like $5 billion for five years or something like that. I can't remember. but um, Yeah, we'll see. I know it's owned by Endeavor now, so we'll see where this goes. Um, there is a first look up at this new animated in Disney animation short that's going to be in front of um, 
Disney's Wish. It comes out soon. Um, it's set in the Disney Animation Studios, and they're bringing back characters from Pixar and Disney Animation from the 90s. Um, and the one thing that they showed was a picture of Olaf from Frozen and the genie from Aladdin. And they're going to be using a deleted scene of Robin Williams as as the genie with new brand new dialogue interacting with Olaf. So it's going to be kind of like a little short showing almost like um, they're describing it as Night the Museum Toy Story where the animation comes to life when everybody's not in the office. Um, kind of interesting bringing Robin Williams back after a decade so... We'll see how that turns out. Um, they also announced with a new trailer a brand new Star Wars game this week. Star Wars Outlaws looks incredible. Showed some gameplay. Showed a brand new trailer. Um, open world. To the point... <laughs> this, game, this game is fucking crazy. To the point where you're on you're on a planet. You're walking around the planet. You're on, you're on a speeder so you can, you can go all the way around the planet. Um, and you, can, you can travel the planet openly. In this big, huge open environment, you get on a spaceship and you decide you want to leave the planet. It shows you going. It doesn't have any skip cinematic scenes where you're going into space. It shows you going through the atmosphere, going through the clouds, and going into space slowly. And everything turns black, and you're going through stars. And they slowly go up into the star field, and you're also fighting star fighters. It's all done through real time instead of having all these cinematic pauses and skips and everything. Very cool, very awesome. Yep. Also, you can also hit um, hyperspeed. Very, it, it's all, it all interacts openly. It's it looks awesome. I, I I don't know anything about the game other. I don't know when it's set. I don't know if it's set in Empire times or or Republic times or what. But it does look very very good. A female uh, lead. Um, I can't wait for that. We'll see. Um, Wheel of Fortune. Pass Ajax decided he's going to be retiring after 41 seasons. Yep. Um, Vano, he's been there for a very long time. Wheel of Fortune's been around for a very long time yep. too. It's been syndicated since the 80s, but um, yeah, that's uh, it's a crazy. Uh, crazy. He makes like 14 million dollars a year and works about 12 weeks. Yep. Because they three, film like five months. or six shows a day. <laughs> yep. In, th in three months, they film the whole entire year yep. of shows. So. Yep. Um. And of course, the front runner is Ryan Seacrest because he can't be not involved in anything. So correct. So yes. Um, and you mentioned in the notes, which we'll talk about a little bit. What was your favorite game yep. show growing up, or what did yeah. you love growing up? We never really talk game shows. Um, we don't. I always grew up after dinner. My mom would always have Jeopardy and Wheel of yep. Fortune on, so I always have kind of a soft spot for that. But um, Price is Right yep. is probably is probably my favorite one to watch back in the day. Um, what about you? Well, Price is Right was always the one where you, where you were off from you were off from school. Yeah, you would always it was watch. Like you, noon. It was at eleven o'clock. You would watch it. Um, but for me, hands down, Pressure Luck. No way, means no way, means. Oh yeah, that and also Family Feud is a good one too. I always Fam liked that. Before Fam Steve Harvey. Yeah, family the Feud. Family Feud. Early, up. early nineties Family Feud. That Anderson guy yeah. also. Yep. The original guy that hung himself or whatever. Yep, happened. yep. Uh, Family Feud, ten thousand dollar pyramid, um, late eighties. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I like watching the Game Show Network. Um, watching a lot of those stuff, a lot of the celebrity ones are really good. I can't remember. Yep. I can't remember the one where there's a whole bunch of panels of celebrity. Hollywood Squares is a good one too. Nineties um, iteration of it was pretty good. They had some. They had some. Uh, some uh, good good actors on that Hollywood Squares. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. Do you know anything? Have you watched any comedy or any or, uh, Facebook clips of Matt Reif, the comedian? I have not. Is he good? Very funny. He does amazing crowd work, interactions with the crowd, and that's why he's getting, getting so popular. He started posting pictures on TikTok of him interacting with the crowd because they're kind of being unruly. Or not unruly, but they're interrupting him while he's doing a set of comedy. Yeah. So he posts. He started posting that on TikTok and just went started going viral. He's very quick, very, very funny when he's inter- interacting with these people, and it's a, a lot of them, honestly, are girls and women. But um, he's starting to go, be really big. I think he's. I think he's got like fifteen or twenty million followers on TikTok right now. Oh, nice! Um, but he sold out his entire world tour that he's doing. And I think under a week. And he's yeah. very funny. Um, he's the next big thing. I think. I think if you have any, if you have a chance, look him up on uh, Facebook. He's on Facebook. He's got a whole bunch of clips. Okay. His crowd work is amazing. Um, I haven't seen too much of his comedy because he doesn't post that. But he, he posts a lot of the funny interactions. I know you know who Shamir Shamir Moore is from um, yes. Criminal Minds. There's a funny clip of him in the crowd watching a Matt Reif comedy special, and he comes out and, and kind of interrupts him like a heckler. The way the way Matt Reif handles hecklers is amazing. But yeah, watch that clip. Watch there's a couple other ones on there. Hurt such hurt uh, hunt him down, and we'll maybe talk about him later on. Okay. Um, it's a funny guy. Um, Jake Paul um, coming out with a Netflix documentary, uh, Untold, comes out August first. Um, I don't know much about Jake Paul or Logan Paul, other than they're being influencers, YouTube influencers, yep. social media influencers. I know he is a boxer. I know he faced uh, Floyd um, and, and Connor. Um, I think he faced Connor, right? Or he's going to? I don't. I don't know anything about that world. Did he, but, he, I think he is. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, doing some sort of a Netflix documentary on his life. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, we talked about Zelda last week being the next movie that Illumination and uh, Universal Studios do. Uh, the boss at Illumination has denied those rumors uh, very quickly. Um, as one uh, does. As they do when they actually are doing something. So we'll see how that plays out. I know it's, I know it's my most anticipated IP from any video game that hasn't been on TV or, mo- or movie or whatever. So I'm hoping sooner rather than later. Um, we haven't talked a lot about Halloween Horror Nights in Universal Studios because um, we don't have any around here. Of course, Universal's in Orlando and in California, around in, in the United States. But every every Halloween, the month of October, they do the Halloween Horror Nights where they ter- they take the Islands of Adventure and they turn it into a big, huge haunted houses, and it's a Halloween Halloween based park where there's creatures that come come out and try to scare you as you're walking around the park um the one thing that they did announce which i thought was really cool the last of us they're going to have a last of us haunted house there nice um have you ever you ever been to the uh, halloween horror nights have you i have not i have it's awesome it's it's so cool uh we get we got their opening right when it opened and when you first get in um the characters start coming out of the woodwork on stilts, they're all dressed up in these scary, very, very, very um, expensive costumes. Of course, it's a theme yep. park, so they're getting a lot of money. Um, it's not, it's not the stuff you buy in the in the Halloween store. It's, it's, it's almost like Hollywood props and and uh, makeup and nice. stuff. It's very, very cool. Um, and when it gets darker and it, it gets at night, you know, you're, you'll be walking down the street, 
um, going from world to world because the way Islands of Adventures is you go from like Marvel world to Harry Potter world, you go to another world, um, and you go through, and these creatures just start jumping out of bushes and scaring the fucking shit out of you. It's 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 great. Um, I, I went there in my early twenties, so it's awesome. Um, but The Last of Us is going to be one of the uh, one of the attractions there, so that'd be cool in October if you have a chance to go down there. Um, Knuckles. I, I haven't seen the Sonic movies. I, I like the Sonic the Hedgehog video game. Uh, it came out in the early 90s, but I never watched the movies. Um, but they're going to be doing a Knuckles spinoff starring uh, Idris Elba. Um, it's coming on Paramount+. Plus. It's not going to be in the movie theaters. Um, and they did cast Christopher Lloyd, Carrie Elways, and a few other people were, were added to the cast as well. Um, some sort of a spinoff series of the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, so I don't know. I, uh, I always thought that Knuckles was going to be played by The Rock. I thought that I always heard that, but I guess it's Edris Edris Miller, Edris uh, Alba. I mean, um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I showed you this this week. Yep. Curb your enthusiasm. They're coming out with an official Monopoly game on the HBO shop. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, very 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 cool. If you want money that has Leon Black and Larry and and <laughs> yep, Richard Lewis, cool. it looks very, very cool. Um, you can buy Latte Larry's is Baltic Avenue <laughs> in the game, so it's very, very, very cool. Um, wanted to mention this real quick. Uh, Paul McCartney is talking about using AI to recreate the final Beatles yes. recording. Yep. How do you um, feel about this? As a well, big it was a song. It was a song that was skipped when they did the Beatles anthology in the early '90s. It was a song that they skipped because John Lennon's vocals were not that good at the time. They were very distorted. They tried to finalize it and just didn't turn out right, so they kind of scrapped it. And they, I know they released "Free as a Bird" in another song at the time. So this was put on the back back burner on the shelf, and they're using AI to not only make that recording better, but to recreate it using AI to make it sound studio quality um, and they're going to release the record it's gonna be the final Beatles recording um, so yeah I don't I don't know I, if I guess if the artists are alive and they agree to it um, I know the estate of John Lennon I know Yoko is for it I know uh, Paul and and and, uh, and um, Ringo are for it and the estate of yeah. George Harrison are for it so um, like I said, if if you have if you have a creative control in what you're doing, that's fine. And they're not going to change their lyrics or anything. It's just taking the recording that he already did that was distorted, and rebuilding it to make it not distorted, yep. make it studio quality of what John and Lennon really would have sounded like if it wasn't in, in a bad shape. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. I do like the Beatles a lot, so we'll see. Um, Hollywood Foreign Press. Sold the rights to the Golden Globes. Um, always, always a lot of controversy with the Hollywood Foreign Press pressing the Golden Globes and, and kind of buying Golden Globes. People, that was one of the things where there was a lot of rumors that people were buying their Golden Globes from them. Uh, but Dick Clark Promotions ended up buying the uh, buying the Golden Globes, um, and they're going to be returning next year through new ownership. So we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Probably not going to be a big, huge difference for us, but. Um, McDonald's, we mentioned it earlier, Grimace released, they released a new game with Grimace, a Game Boy Color inspired game from the 90s called so Grimace's Birthday. Do they give you a disc for it or a card, I mean? Nope, like, it's on, no, it's on their, it? it's on their website, so it's oh, a, okay. it's a, it's a website game, but it's, it, they take the graphics inspired by the Game Boy Color 
And you play Grimace. I, I watched a little video of it. You play Grimace, and you're going through the sewers. It's a very side-scroller. Like um, you're on a skateboard, and you're trying to jump over things and attack things and not get hit by milkshakes and stuff. It's so fucked up. But if you like '90s side-scroller games, you may like it. Um, very, very nostalgic. Uh, so finally, in news, Incredible Hulk Edward Norton went on Disney Plus today. Because the rights to Incredible Hulk have returned to Marvel Studios as of now. Um, Universal Studios were, had done the Incredible Hulk, done the Hulk movie in the early 2000s with um, Eric Banner. Yep. And, uh, and, they, and they got the rights back. So that's the whole reason why Hulk hasn't had a solo movie. That's why yep. Hulk was in Thor Ragnarok. That's why he was able to be in Avengers because he was, he was one of those characters first and foremost. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they do. I think Mark Ruffalo deserves some sort of a solo outing that's not She-Hulk related. Yeah, um, I mean, at the time they basically made Thor 3 kind of a Hulk movie because they couldn't do a Hulk movie. Yep. Yep. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I, 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 I can't wait to see what happens with the character. I like the Hulk very much. I think one of the very first comic book things I ever saw may have been Same, the, uh, the Lou Hulk yep. movie, our TV show. Yeah, that or Batman probably around the same time. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely it was definitely that because I watched that in the mid '80s. I know that I yeah. remember that in a kid. Yeah, I can remember that. Probably. I can remember that the A Team and um, um, Grace America. The awesome theme song. Grace yeah, America Hero. Yep. I remember those three. Yeah, that was probably yeah that and, and Hulk are probably my two two first. Yep. Yep. So that's it for news. So we're going to get into a very spoiler heavy talk about. The Flash, and there's going to be a lot of spoilers, so here's your warning right now. And since we're talking about Ezra Miller, it's only fitting. I claim my Fourth Amendment rights to not be searched and seized. Please do not touch my ring. A scarlet costume ejects from his ring. Hey, you just touched my penis. And in a blur of motion, police scientist Barry Allen becomes... The Flash. Tell me your name and your badge number. World's fastest human. The Flash, whose speed enables him to vibrate through solid walls and conquer the barriers of time and space. I'm not transgender, non-binary. I don't want to be searched by a man. In the pursuit of evildoers. Those are nerf bullets. Thank you for letting me. They're fake and they're a toy. The Flash, Scarlet Speedster for justice. The Flash ring means a lot to me. I can't believe that I came up with that thing. The very first thing I ever produced for the podcast, <laughs> and nobody else has came up with that idea to do that. <laughs> we should have posted something on YouTube or social. Maybe it would have went viral, but we never did. However, the movie has finally come out, The Flash, starring Ezra Miller. Um, his return, I mean, he was cast in... Uh, his first appearance was in... Batman versus Superman in a kind of a flashback type he of scene. He was announced as the Flash a month after uh, the TV Steel? show premiered. Okay. Um, and the entire TV show had its entire run before his movie came out. Yep. Nine seasons. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. And he had that quick scene which is very cool in, Man in uh, Batman versus Superman. Where you see him going through the Time Force, talking to Bruce Wayne, 
warning him about the future that had no follow-up unfortunately um, no ramifications in in the Snyderverse um, which we'll talk about a little bit later on but um, I love the visual representation of the Speed Force in this me too um, and him Got changing the past at the end but yes and overall overall I liked him going into this theater and seeing his life around him in different iterations of what could yep. happen if he changed this one little pinpoint of something happening. The butterfly effect. Yeah, the very butterfly effect-like. Um, and seeing at the very end, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but seeing the worlds colliding at the end and collapsing into each other in this um, speed force, uh, I think they call it like a cathedral or a uh, time theater, I think they call it in the comic books. Yep. Um, Affleck, Ben Affleck, seeing him as Batman, seeing him as Bruce Wayne, his swan song, of course. We already knew that going in. He didn't want to play the character anymore. Um, clearly was not him in the beginning of the movie in the Batsuit. It really, wasn't him. Really fucking took me out of it. It was yeah. really annoying. Yeah, it wasn't it was him. fucking awful. Like, yeah. they couldn't CGI his face over it or something. It was just fucking terrible. Yeah. But... It was good to see him as Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, um, great. Yeah, and and seeing him, seeing that Batman again with a brand new suit, seeing the Bat Cycle, seeing him going through Gotham City, just kicking fucking ass as Batman. He is a great Batman. The action scenes in this movie are great too. Um, the best thing about Ben Affleck in Batman versus Superman was the action. Was yep. was him fighting in that warehouse scene? It was a great, one of the best comic book fighting scenes ever. Oh yeah, choreographed. Um, and the other Batman that shows up in this movie, the nostalgia alone. Yeah. I watched. I didn't even mention in the beginning of this week of what I watched. I watched Batman 1989 to get prepared for this movie. Oh, Michael Keaton stole the show. Coming yeah, back, he coming back in the very beginning. And the reason I why I played the Chicago song in the beginning is because he was listening to it on a record. Very old. Very uh, hairy, hair grown out, beard grown out, hermit-like, and he's hiding from uh, Ezra Miller's Flash and the other Flash that he ends up meeting. I'm not going to get into all the details of the movie, but um, he ends up attacking him. The action scenes showing him uh, in true Batman form as Bruce Wayne in his 60s now. uh, For all the action scenes with Batman, both of them, um, and why um, I'm glad Andy Muschietti was cast, because he did... did Probably, as far as the whole movie goes, the best Batman action we've seen throughout the course of the entire movie. Yep. Of course, the Batman didn't have too much uh, action in it. The way Nolan filmed the fight scenes was kind of hectic, which yep. I guess makes sense because he kind of put you in the perspective of the, the criminal. Yes. Um, and, of course, the suit was so stiff in the 90s and in the 89 Batman that you couldn't have those fight scenes. But now yep. with technology, you can, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he does with his own Batman film. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, rightfully, rightfully got the... You got the uh, props for it by getting getting the yep. reins to the next movie. So, yeah. Um, speaking of Michael Keaton, we talked about it when the trailers came out. It was also an example of too much nostalgia for nostalgia's yeah. sake, with the forced dialogue and the lines from the 1989 Batman they movie. They didn't do the uh, the let's get nuts line, did they? Did yeah, I they did. That? They definitely they did. did. Okay. Um, it took you out of the movie. It took me out of the movie when I when I heard those two lines because they were direct dialogue from the first movie. Um, why would they mean so much to him thirty years later? I mean, it's just lines that he said. If you're a character, why would you care about those? You know what I mean? Right. They're not. They're not really not. They're not essential lines to the character of Batman. Right. 
the I'm Batman line, maybe, but those two lines he said in two private moments with the Joker made no sense. Um, the other character, the standout of this movie was the girl, I can't remember her name, but she played Kara Supergirl. In this world, of course you already know the Flash has fucked up everything. Um, he goes back to try to save, this whole movie is about trying to save his father. Um, he goes back, uh, his, his mother, well, try, try to save his father well, as well. Them, yeah. Because his father was in jail, um, he's trying to save. He's trying to save his mother from dying, but he's trying to save his father from being in jail because he yes. can't. He and can't the only help his why father. His dad's in jail is because his mother died. So he was accused. He was a, he was accused. He was accused of killing his mother. Um, so he's trying to fix everything, and he he ends up fucking everything up and destroys the multiverse. And he comes back to the real world, his his life, his his world. And everything is askew. Everything is mixed up, and all these multiverses have collided on each other. Um, you see, you see, um, Michael Keaton's Batman is the Batman in this world. My, uh, ben Affleck's no more. You see, um, Zod is in this world, but he has killed Superman, the infant Superman. He killed. You find out later on in the movie. Yep. And the the alien that lands on Earth is Kara, Supergirl. Because um, in Man of Steel, there's two pods. Yes. And, and that one, Car is the one that gets lost in space, and he's the one that ends up on Earth. Yeah. Um, which I think would have been played out eventually in the Snyderverse, because I think that's yeah, what the, we that's what got, the hit. We, we would have got, got that. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as yep. Batman at some point. Yep. That yep. would have been fucking incredible. But it would have been incredible. Yeah. Um, but seeing her emotions when she finds out that Zod killed Superman... Was an incredible scene. I love that scene in this movie. Um, you can see it bleeding right through her performance, um, her emotions when she finds out that Zod does that and, and taking taking it out on him and beating the shit out of him is awesome. Michael Shannon Zod, we already knew he was great in Man of Steel. He came back and destroyed this role as well, even though he didn't like it. But um, Ron Livingston recast from Billy Cutup from as Henry Allen. Um, spent a lot of his time behind bars in this movie, but a uh, great choice, of course, Ron Livingston from Office Space, so-and-so. Yep. You've seen him in everything. Um, yep. Um, tackling his origin story in Jail jail, jail Sting, very, very perfect. Um, yep. We already know that story from, if you've seen the Flash TV series, you already know that story. Um, and I mentioned or it a little... the Flashpoint comics. Or the Flashpoint well, really, movie. That's really just anything about Flash. You know that story. You know that story. Um, Ezra Miller's performance... I felt watching this movie, I completely forgot about all the shit that he did. Oh yeah, and okay. we talk. A, we've talked a lot of shit. We talked a lot of shit about them. There, yep, there you go. <laughs> you almost did it, Kevin. You almost got me. Um, we talked a lot of shit about them this year since we started the podcast. Rightfully so. He's a fuck up. He's fucked up a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of weird, wrong things. They, they, they. But you kind of erased it from my memory watching the movie. I didn't. I didn't remember any of that stuff. All I remembered was yes. the Flash. All I remembered was Barry Allen and his performance and from he it. Did a great job in two yeah. completely different roles. Yep, exactly. Because he did come back when he came back into the real world, yeah. the real timeline. He did run into himself at the age of eighteen. He played himself, um, and they and they had a lot of interactions together throughout the movie. They were kind of a duo. Uh, team up throughout the rest of the movie. Um, it, was a, it was a good uh, mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. Where at that point, the other one was kind of... Or he thought the other one was spoiled because he grew up with his parents, and so he didn't have the same kind of, like... I don't know, just the same mental... 
anything. He's just a regular 18-year-old kid where the other Barry from the future is now back in his own past, but he's more mature because he's six years older. Like, that whole thing is going on. He's also more mature because he's also he's also dealt with death. That's this, what I mean. Like, this, the other this one Barry is Allen, privileged. Yeah, this yeah. Barry Allen hasn't had that. To the point where this Barry Allen loses control. When he can't, when he can't fix things, he keeps going. When he learns that he can go back in time, he keeps going back in time, and it further fucks with his psyche, to the point where you see later on in the movie. Throughout the movie, there's this dark flash, this dark-looking flash character yep. that is attacking uh, Barry Allen when he goes through the time force, uh, and he's attacking him. He ends up pushing him into this timeline where he meets up with himself when he was 18 years old. Um, and you find out that this Dark Flash was the 18-year-old Barry Allen who his mother and father had survived. And he's trying to go back in time to save everyone, to try to save Supergirl, to try to save Michael Keaton's Batman at the end of the movie. He ends up dying. I didn't write that in the notes, but spoiler alert, he did die. And Kara. And Kara did die as well. Um, but Ezra Miller tries to this 18 year old Ezra Miller tries to go back in time and he can't everything he does he can't change the past he can't and that's kind of the point of the movie is there's always these set points in time that you just cannot pat change we always talk about the Uncle Ben character in Marvel is a set point in time you know, the Spider-Verse tackled this too there's set points in the Spider-Man universe that will always happen Gwen Stacy or uh, Uncle Ben is always going to happen um there's, there's always something in the universe that is set to happen. And in this universe, um, trying to save Batman, trying to save Super, Supergirl, just you couldn't do it. And it took him... He was in the Time Force for a very, very, very long time. You see an older Ezra Miller dressed as a Dark Flash in a Dark Flash costume, black costume. Um, and he ends up having a big, huge fight with the two Flashes. Um, and that was the end of the movie, and they, of course, they, of course, win, and, and, uh, Ezra Miller tries to get the world back together. We'll talk about it in the after credits and the pre, pre after credits in a minute, but there's this epic scene in the last, what, 20 minutes of the movie where you see the worlds collide. You see the time, the, you see all these worlds, these time worlds collide. And we already were spoiled from this, from leaks that came out about a year and a half, two years ago, of all these worlds of epic DC characters in movies of the past. First one we see is George Reeves, Golden yep. Age, black and white, um, the Superman of George Reeves is shown. Um, and you see this world, kind of like a timeline of different... different um, different timelines of, of what's going on through time with this character with this golden age you see a flash um with the with the old helmet with the with the um, with the wings on it from the golden age comic books um of course that was never on television i don't believe um, it may have been black and white back in the day but i don't think so Maybe, um yeah um but you see that another world you run the next world they go into you see 1978 superman christopher reeves you see the Kara from supergirl in the 1980s i can't remember her name um but you see them you see that world and then the next world you see 1966 batman adam west you see a whole bunch of shit with that and then you see the most epic scene in the whole entire fucking movie which we are we we're spoiled a week ago 
I wish I wasn't because this would have been great seeing without knowing. We talked about it about a year ago. We talked about uh, The Death of Superman Lives. And it was a script written by Kevin Smith, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, directed by um, uh, fuck, uh, Tim Burton. And it got shelved. And uh, Nicolas Cage, in a quick cameo, uh, as Superman, fighting a giant Giant super spider, spider. (laughs) which is, we talked about when we reviewed the uh, documentary as well. John Peters wanted him to fight the uh, giant spider. Yeah. Then, that was my, that was my favorite cameo, but I think my second favorite cameo was the end, where he gets a call from... Yeah, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller goes back. The world is saved. And by the way, all these worlds collide. That's what that's what happens at the end. All the worlds collide, and Ezra Miller kind of saves time. And the way they, we're going to talk about it a little bit because I have I have problems with it. I'm going to talk about the problems after. But the the very end, he goes back in time. His they find footage of. Well, first of all, he he stops what happens with his mother. He he goes back to save his mother. That's the very first thing he does in the movie. Um, and he realizes he can't save his mother. That's a set, set in time thing. His mother has to die. That's why everything got fucked up. That's why the whole entire world got askew. So he has to go back and make sure that his mother, her path is still the way it has to go. She has to die. So he goes back, does that. But he also tries to save his father. So he ends up saving his father as well. And when they go to court, his father his gets father off. Was- his father was getting tomatoes the night that his mother was killed, and he realizes when he takes the tomatoes out of the basket, because that's how he ended up saving his mother to begin with, that if he just moves them to the top shelf, his father will see him. His father will go and be on the security camera, yep. and then, yeah, yeah, show his face. So, yeah, that's what ends up happening. His father gets out of court. Um, big, huge thing. Father's been in court for years, um, and they're released freely. He gets a call from Bruce Wayne. Do you want to go on with the story? Yes. He gets a call from Bruce Wayne. Who you says, think? Who um, you think? Who you think is, is going to be Ben Affleck? Because the world is yes. back to normal. Yes. And since I already knew about this cameo, I knew the voice as soon as I, I heard it. I did too. Um, um, but uh, yeah, he walks out of the courthouse. Bruce Wayne says, "I'm pulling up now." And who gets out of the car? George fucking Clooney. <laughs> and Ezra Miller, in the last line of the movie, just looked at him and goes. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> which was fucking, was fucking fantastic. The entire theater, which was about what three quarters, maybe three quarters. Well, yeah. They all they all popped. They clapped. They laughed. It was a it was a great way to end the movie. Um, I think that was a good choice by James Gunn to yeah. put in since he wasn't going to continue with the Batman Beyond stuff with Keaton. Yeah. And because um, originally that was shot with Keaton, and they changed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah. I yeah, love that scene. Great, great fucking scene. Great, great reveal. Um, unfortunately, I knew about that. I knew about all the DC character cameos a year yep. ago. Um, it was kind of one of those things. Like, is that really going to happen? It fucking happened. Yeah. But it was great. It was great um, the way the way they did it. They missed a few cameos that would have been cool. They could have just superimposed Christian Bale somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Grant Gustin could have could have come I think, somewhere. I think he did Grant, appear on Grant's TV show. Also. I think I think Grant Gustin was the big one that should have been there in some yeah. sort of a some sort of a little scene in, yeah, in, when the worlds show were colliding. Ended two weeks ago, yeah. so it would have been nice. Yeah. It would have been a nice scene. Yeah. And before we get into all the questions that we have about the movie, um, the after credits scene, very quick, non 
non-related to the story at all. Um, Aquaman, you finally see him. All, and by the way, we didn't even mention Wonder Woman is in the beginning too. She ends up saving yes. the day with Bruce Wayne. So all the all of the <laughs> yeah. all of the Justice League are in the movie except for Ray Fisher, Cyborg. Yeah. Mentioned mentioned once, nowhere to be seen. No, WB is fucking done with this guy. Um, but Aquaman ends up having a drink, gets drunk, has a falls into a puddle and says, "This is where I live." Great funny scene. Ezra Miller and him are trying to go go back home, and he just ends up falling asleep in a puddle because he's Aquaman. Um, so yeah, I was really over. hoping the post credit scene would explain where we're going from here. Me too. No, no answers yeah, to nice, no answer no yeah. answers to any of those questions. So, unanswered questions that I had, which makes me think that there could have been possibility for a sequel here because there's a big thing that happened here. Barry's mother is killed in the beginning of the movie. You know she didn't right. kill herself. No reveal of who killed her. I thought we would say, oh, maybe it was Ezra Miller's Dark Flash that came back and killed her. But that wouldn't make sense because he loves his mother, so... Right, so who killed Barry's mother? Who went back in time? It's, uh... Well, in the show, reverse, anyways, it was Reverse, reverse Flash, Flash, right? Which makes the most sense. Which would make um, sense for a sequel. Used. Yeah. Would make sense for a sequel if they ever do it. Or just sequel, yeah. Which is... Uh, there are rumors that Ezra Miller is being helped because they want him to come back as the Flash to do a Flash sequel. Um, which, I, like you mentioned, I don't know how that would work with Clooney. Would Clooney be coming back in this world? <laughs> as, as No, they, they would just change the timeline again. They would change the timeline oh, to whoever is cast as the next Batman. Oh my god. But, yeah. Again, yeah, I don't know how that would work because of ages. But, uh, I don't know, he would be, he would be mid-40s, late-40s, so... Um, yeah. They could do that. It would be easy to do in another movie. And especially if he has to time travel back and and save his mother from being killed in reverse flash or whatever they end up doing with that. And then he comes out of it and it's just the new Batman is there, which by that time we'll already have that, yeah. that Batman in the universe. So it won't be a big deal. And, and the biggest question we have going into this, going out of this movie is will the flash even return? Will Ezra Miller, the flash be a part of James Gunn's story? James Gunn is James very Gunn high. Reboot it. Will he reboot it? Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of this story that I know they're not going to want to return to like the George Clooney thing. Like, um, just the whole entire world of Ezra Miller and everything that happened. Although, yeah. I think this redeemed him quite a bit. And if there's one person that knows about redemption, it's James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, between I, how Ezra performed and apparently was on set for this movie, he was, like, the biggest professional ever. All the way to just the fact that, you know, James Gunn had those tweets and stuff about him. So, like, they kind of, I mean, yeah. they both have been through, basically, thrown out of Hollywood at one point. And, and not... And not only that, you you look at the parallels between Iron, Iron Man, Tony Stark, yeah. and um, and, and uh, fuck. Why is his name? Why is his name out of my mind right now? Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Trying Jesus to think Christ. Of another actor. Trying his, to think uh, of another character. Yeah. <laughs> his parallels with Ezra Miller and the Flash. I mean, of course, not drug related. Some of it's drug related, but not really. I mean, Robert Downey had a lot of fucking drug problems. Yeah, he was the breaking. Thing is, he was doing. He was doing harm to himself. He wasn't yeah. kidnapping teenagers and grooming them. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of problems there. But maybe the redemption could be there, um, and maybe maybe James Gunn sees that. Maybe he sees sees that. So I don't know. You, you may be right about that. Um, the time travel mechanics in this movie also bothered me. 
felt very, very unbelievable. When you watch Endgame or you watch Back to the Future, that's explained very well. This was very confusing when he shows the spaghetti and all the strands kind of combining. Well, he's basically like, you've already fucked everything up, so nothing can be back to normal because now all the universes are running parallel. But it just it just makes no sense yeah. why why everything kind of collides into each other. Yeah. When you fuck things up in in the past, why would everything be? Yeah. When you go back, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Very convoluted, um, and confusing. Um, and I felt like it was grasping for straws for the narrative. Um, and I also think it was grasping for straws to change the narrative of time travel of the past of trying to explain that before. It should have stuck to those mechanics. Time travel, yep. even though they're movies, it's what we believe. Unfortunately, it's not a real thing, but it's what we believe, and it, it makes sense. Yep. Um, semi-sloppy a little bit um, to what Snyder, Warner Brothers, and DC has done in the past. Kind of the ending to that. Um, we yeah. already knew that. We already knew that going in. It wasn't. It wasn't Andy Machete's fault. It wasn't even Ezra Miller's fault. It's just there was such a mess in WB with the movies prior to this that they had yeah. a lot of building that they had to do. We didn't even mention the CGI baby scene and oh, that whole scene. I. <laughs> And putting the baby in the microwave. <laughs> in the baby in the microwave, which we'll be talking about for years to come, I think. Kind of like uh, the nuke the fridge scene. Yeah. But um, too much CGI. Eighty percent of an if it was an animated film. I hate to say that. However, however, yeah, Andy done, Machete. A lot of it was done in the volume. Yeah. Uh, Andy Machete. I heard an interview with him today, and he said yeah. that a lot of it was done in the volume. Um, and the biggest problem I had with this movie is the spoiler. Issue. Not only not only they have Disney has it as well, but they need tighter fucking security. Um, they released the whole entire movie. We knew everything going into this movie, and that sucked. I wish the Nicolas Cage thing was a secret, but I didn't know anything about that. The George Clooney stuff, the worlds colliding, seeing Christopher Reeves, um, Adam West, seeing George Reeves, all that stuff we knew about a year ago, two year two years ago. I wish that stuff had been kept secret, and that and it, it, there's very easy ways of keeping who needs to know that information kept secret. Um, I don't know where that information comes from. I don't know if it's the VFX right uh, creators. I don't know if it's uh, if they just gave the script to too many people and just release. I don't. I don't know. But they but need the thing to. About all that stuff coming out though is uh, it had nothing to do with the story technically, except for the Clooney one. Um, yeah, so and that was really that was a big like one. it didn't it didn't ruin my uh, experience with the film at all because I still knew nothing about the story going in outside of the fact that he goes back in time. There's yeah. two flashes and a different Batman and different and now Supergirl. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to see them, but like I had already seen like the photos of them, which is a big issue when you have yeah three hundred screenings for fans before because everyone's just gonna take photos the entire time. And unfortunately, and, and unfortunately for you, I I didn't see those. I'm glad I didn't because that would have put yeah. me out well, of the movie. I, I didn't more. care either way because I'm back on Twitter and I would have seen them regardless. So right, right. it is what it is. So yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. We went a half hour on it. It's a great movie, great comic book movie, a great ending to whatever mess DC had before they go into this big reboot that James Gunn is doing. Um, is it is it the Flash that I had hoped we got? Probably not. No, um, I, mean, with, I, I think just Snyder think of Jeffrey would, Dean Morgan, yeah, as Batman, and just that original Flashpoint, just taking themes from that would have been 
uh, far superior, especially considering the guys from across Spider Verse were involved yeah. in the early stages. So, but uh, it was fine. What it I, was. I'm happy to see Michael Keaton again. It would be the yeah. last time we see him. Uh, it was great to see him as Batman. Nice mm-hmm. cup because that's the Batman symbol. Um, and it's just it's just great to see him as Batman and, and chewing the scenery as as Bruce Wayne in the Wayne Manor. Um, I thought we would see a. I thought at one point we'd see a picture of Alfred like on his mantle, mantle yeah. or something, kind of as a uh, Michael Go. Yeah, kind of as a um, tribute, but he didn't have it on there. But. Overall, movie for me was three and a half out of five. Um, could have been, I was kind of between that and a four. It's three and a half out of five. Very, it's watchable, rewatchable. Um, I had a lot of problems with it. The CGI was a problem. It was it was yeah. a cartoonish movie. Um, I, I don't know why we're taking steps back. This this technology was great in Endgame. It was great in the even you're talking about a Man movie of like Steel and BVS. Man yes. of Steel came out ten years ago, like almost to the day. It came out. I think June like 11th or 13th. Um, and that movie is to this day holds up better than a lot of other movies do. Um, it is insane that we've kind of taken a step back. Yeah. I think they just didn't have the budget to finish CGI. So that's why Muschietti kind of came up with that excuse of where he kind of had to put the CGI because yeah. like the lightning and all that stuff looked great uh, in the speed force or whatever it's called. looked pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of the stuff like the exterior of Wayne Manor when uh, Supergirl's up on top of the roof looked terrible. Her flying yeah. didn't always look great. Um, just the little yeah. things. It, it, I think they the decided worst. what they needed to put CGI towards yeah. versus spreading it out throughout the entire film because they only had a certain amount in the budget. The worst scene in the whole movie was the collapse of the building and the babies falling out. Yes. Every every part of that was CG. The kids were CG. Yep. The dog was CG. Ezra Miller's flash, except for his face, was CG. His whole entire costume in the movie was yep. CG, by the way. And it um, takes you out of it. It takes you out of it completely. And, and that animated, like you mentioned, the, the, he saves the baby by putting him in the microwave. It's just very, very creepy. Extremely creepy. Yeah, especially coming and, from what they have gone through yeah, over it takes the last you. year and a half. It, it, it takes you out of the movie. Um, so yeah, three and a half for me. What do you give it? Three and a half, same. Um, I have pretty much the same issues as you. Um, like I said, knowing uh, who was going to be in the movie really didn't spoil much. The shot of Nicolas Cage I saw did not have the spider in it. So I was really... Oh, that's I good. I popped for that when the spider was there. So, like, they showed a nice. of Nicolas Cage in the suit, and I'm like, I've already seen that, so what do I care? Yeah. Um, Audience erupted. Yeah. Audience yeah, erupted when they saw that. It was great. Yeah. I mean, um, I really enjoyed this movie more than um, everything Marvel did with the multiverse except for spider-man so far obviously yeah. um but yeah so far i mean i i enjoyed it a lot michael keaton is batman that's all you gotta say i mean yeah. you, if you love if you grew up on and that the movie batman scenes in general even though that wasn't ben affleck in the suit and it kind of takes you out of it yep. both the scenes with him were great yep yep great great chase scene um good movie go see it um watch when it comes out whatever you gotta do great movie great ending to the snyderverse i'm sorry snyderverse but that's the ending Nail in the coffin. It's done. Um, we may see Ezra Miller in this new world if uh, whatever happens in uh, James Gunn's world. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to explain that with this whole multiverse fuckery that happened in this or not. I wonder if they're. I wonder if Ezra's going to be in Aquaman, and that'll completely reboot everything. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. Not, we don't know much James about that Gunn, movie. Did you mention in the James Gunn interview? He mentioned that Blue Beetle 
is the first DC Very first, yep. Very uh, first, yep. But I don't think that movie is going to be canon to his DC. I think Shiloh is mm-hmm. just going to be Blue Beetle, but that movie may not be canon. Or it may be canon if it does really I, well. I the think budget said, was low on it, so we'll yeah. see. I think he said it was, but I, I don't know. I can't remember what the interview said exactly. Well, but. he said he, it, it was the first character, but he didn't say that's the first movie. Okay, so that right. movie might not be canon. That might all get changed if the Flash does something at the end of Aquaman or in Aquaman. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does come back. Um, so yeah, go watch the movie. Um, that's it for our show. Thank you for listening. Um, we knew we would be going along with the Flash. We warned you a couple weeks ago. So uh, yeah, I I, uh, I uh, recommend it. Yes. So we will talk to everybody next week with. Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones. The final movie before we get into the last Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford in a couple weeks. So, we'll talk to everybody then. Peace Peace out.